It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 310, An Exorcism Gone Bad, and a word for 2024. After Jesus, Peter, James, and John come down from the mountain, there was a large crowd. Now, this crowd was probably closer uh, to Bethsaida, and later we find out Jesus ends up at Capernaum. Um, it, it, we're in a territory of Israel now. And I don't imagine crowds follow Jesus to Mount Hermon. He probably left the other disciples to minister in Bethsaida to, uh, to care for the people, to pray for those in the town. Um, but they run into a problem. Uh, they run into a demon they can't cast out. Mark 9.25 called it a deaf and dumb spirit. Luke 9.42 calls it an unclean spirit. Regardless, this was an exorcism gone wrong. Now, when you can't cast out a demon, you need greater authority. The first principle, basically, of deliverance is authority. The one with authority has um, is the one who can command things to happen. The disciples, for whatever reason, didn't have enough authority um, over this demon, perhaps principality or whatever it was. Notice back when Jesus crossed the... Uh, the river and the the guy with legion with the thousands of demons in him. He didn't ask the disciples to do that one. <laughs> so um, I think these guys ran into something a, a bit higher level, um, and it was tormenting everyone around them. Um, and it was a bad witness too. You know, the disciples did couldn't do it. Um, the sons of Sceva from the Book of Acts they had authority just by uses using Jesus's name but not with greater level demons. The demons, these demons later, uh, they were higher level. And for whatever reason, um, he just toyed with the disciples, this demon and the, and the boy. Um, and it's kind of an embarrassment. So when Jesus walks up, here we go. Mark nine fourteen. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd coming around them. The teachers of the law arguing with them. And as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. Ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. It almost like sounds like an epileptic possum to me. Like you think about it, it's like if you ever ran into a possum and you you try to like shoo it away, it acts dead and foams at the mouth. Um, those creatures are nasty. Uh, they grind their teeth, they foam, they you can even hit them with a bat and they play dead and they act rigid. Uh, so I'm going to call this a, a possum spirit just for reference. But uh, check out how Jesus reacted. Matthew 17, 17, you unbelieving and perverse generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Jesus's response deserves a discussion here. Um, it, it seems quite frustrating, right? Like 
Um, he just saw in the spirit a new generation of fearless believers. Um, in, in the previous episode, there was the transfiguration. Moses and Elijah are talking. Uh, there's a the new law they're discussing, a new fire, a new authority. Jesus is looking ahead. He's now speaking of the cross and being raised from the dead. He's frustrated with his disciples, not because of their actions, but more the limitation of the old law and his authority. And this is why he looks at these guys with the sort of holy frustration. He's upset with his church because they have no authority like it should. He's frustrated by the timeline imposed upon them. Why? Because he's looking ahead to a time when the church and his believers will be the most powerful force on the earth. Mark 9, 19. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him, and when the Spirit saw Jesus, it threw, immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, and it's often thrown him into a fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. Notice the irritation again. If you can. You want to hear what confusion sounds like. Check out the next verse. Mark 9, 24. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me to overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene. He rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. Epileptic possum spirit no more. What I find interesting is Jesus' explanation to his disciples. Mark 9, 28. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, This kind can only come up by prayer and fasting. So they couldn't do it because of fasting and prayer. Interesting, right? I, I don't imagine Jesus was actually fasting at the moment. Perhaps it's uh, more about a, an authority thing since it's deliverance. Jesus technically gained his authority. He's always had it, but, but you know, he, he fully God and fully man. He achieved a measure of authority over the devil when he resisted him in the wilderness. Jesus's authority is really never in question regardless. But the disciples, well, the disciples are businessmen and professionals called from other trades. They're, they only have authority given by Jesus. But there is a level of authority that they will gain when they fast and pray and wait at Pentecost. It's obvious that uh, the disciples will gain this authority. After all, Peter will raise Tabitha from the dead in the book of Acts. Resurrection is way greater than exorcism. So put it this way. There is a personal level of spiritual authority not yet given to the disciples, which prevented them from the power of this exorcism. Matthew 19, 20, Jesus said, because you have so little faith, 
Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. This is a powerful verse. Nothing will be impossible for you. Picture the scene here. Just behind him is snow-capped Mount Hermon, where he just removed a demonic principality, a portal of sorts, and turned it for God's glory. He toppled a demonic principality on a mountaintop just the other day at the Transfiguration. This is a mountain-moving faith Jesus is referring to. Mountains of darkness, mountains of demons, mountains of demonic principalities can be sweeped away with acts of faith. So when you see on a piece of jewelry or something, Matthew 17, 20, nothing is impossible for you, or the faith of a mustard seed. That's what we're talking about. To conclude this episode, let's talk about the private message that comes next for the disciples. Mark 9, 30. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will, be, they will kill him. And after three days, he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. So here we are again. Jesus is unfolding his plan, but it's a plan that's not to be understood yet. The simple minds of man cannot fathom just these truths yet. But perhaps they weren't intended to be understood yet. Almost like a kind of a, a direct prophetic word spoken, but never comprehended until later. Luke 9.44 While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand it and what it meant. It was hidden from them, so they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. What is striking here is that Jesus said, Listen carefully and let these words sink into your ears. Then it says the words were under, not understood, and it was hidden from them. They were afraid to ask about it. This reminds me of a few of those scenes, like John at the Isle of Patmos was told to seal up certain things for a time. Daniel had a similar experience. It's like a word was spoken, and it will be confirmed later. In summary, I see this as Jesus himself speaking a word directly into the soul of the disciples for recall later like an encrypted file stored on a laptop that can only come out when the one with the key opens it. In this case, it's the Holy Spirit that will bring back everything to their mind, to the believers to call upon, to document, to build upon the teachings of Jesus that will fuel and unpack for the rest of their lives. So think with me. Many of us are at a crossroads in life. 2024 is going to be an interesting year. And I just wonder if God is going to recall a lot of things stored deep in our souls for such a time as this. Perhaps as we start 2024, God has a whole lot of promises that were once sunk deep into our ears. A lot of truths, a lot of wisdom deep into our soul that were 
once beyond understanding, even that came with the fear of the Lord. Perhaps these truths will be unpacked this year. Words that were accompanied by the fear of the Lord that is just the beginning of wisdom and the start of a brand new season. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to check out the website, messagetokings.com, uh, or if you want to chat or connect with us, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.